Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am Dylan Waugh. I am the sidekick. I am the boo-boo to Yogi Bear. Today, we're going to be talking to Jeff Merrick from 32 Thoughts, Hockey Night in Canada, and of course, the Jeff Merrick Show. Who am I to be introducing Jeff Merrick? Anyways, we're going to be talking about the Washington Capitals, a few NCAA prospects, and of course, the Florida Panthers. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter. Well, Ken, how are you? Never better. Never better. Never better. Good. So not only, not only <laughs> did I save a bundle by switching to Geico, <laughs> which is a line I'm going to use every week now, but for the first time since like early December, mid-December, I'm going to be playing hockey tonight. Great feeling. Best yeah, feeling in the world. It's, I am, I'm like... I Take the like, warm-up reps with no bucket on. Yeah, exactly. Wind wishing, yeah, wishing yeah, through your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm 10 years old again. Like, yeah. I'm waiting for my game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we got shut down. We I played beer, uh, not not even beer league. It's pickup hockey. It's just yeah. pickup hockey yeah. with a bunch of bad hockey players, <laughs> of which I am one of the worst. Um, <laughs> and so, anyways, uh, so we play on Wednesday nights. We got shut down, you know, sometime in December until well after Christmas, and then I had some health issues. I had a blood clot in my leg that migrated up to my lungs and caused all sorts of problems. And I couldn't really do much for too long. So I, uh, I had to lay low, but I got the, uh, the green light from the doctor to play Yeah. at last week, actually. And so the first thing I did, of course, was go out and try and do a long run, which uh, screwed up my Achilles tendon. So I couldn't play last week. True story, bro. Anyways, in, in true hockey, anyways, in so, true hockey fashion, yeah, you came here with just your foot swollen up to the size of a watermelon. Oh, I and borrowed you a, powered through, yeah, and I borrowed an ice pack you from you that I didn't bring back this that's week. Right. Anyways, you're yeah, lucky so, I'm not injured. So, anyways, so anyways, uh, that's a long way of saying I'm playing hockey tonight. It's going to be awesome. Our, the guy who organizes our our uh, our our teams and everything, he's texted me this week and he said, I hear you're coming. He said, really happy that you're coming back. You know, the swearing's really falling off. <laughs> you know, we got to get an injection of swearing back in. So yeah, at least I'm good for something. I got like, like I got that going for me. Eh? Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, like, like, uh, like uh, Gordy house said, right. All hockey players speak two languages, English and profanity. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Now they speak Several, several languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Several languages. They're getting smarter and smarter. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess not a lot of uh, 14 year old high school dropouts, you know, going into the going into the league. Right. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now they just pretend to go to school for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota, we are looking at you. <laughs> So uh, before we before we get cracking into our first little little preamble here, um, we're officially with the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah. This is our first episode with the Hockey Podcast Network. You will notice that our whole thing looks better and different. It's because another extremely talented and probably good looking fellow by the name of Dylan designed all of this for us. Not me, Dylan. <laughs> there are other Dylan nerds out there in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and of course we are 
sponsored now by DraftKings. Um, this is all this is all exciting stuff. And you got if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see just just down right in that direction, you can see the Ken Campbell Substack is on the uh, is on the list of uh, things yep. to find us. So Ken 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 Campbell dot no what is it again I don't even remember what it is Ken dot Campbell Ken Campbell dot Substack dot com <laughs> yeah it's like me Ken I was Campbell your, dot Substack dot com yeah yeah, yeah. I, I got your Twitter wrong once and you went no no that was it but it was wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I can recite entire Bugs Bunny episodes but I don't even remember my own phone number <laughs> sometimes <laughs> incredible that's unbelievable yeah yeah um, oh well. So before we jump into the the chat with Jeff Merrick, which was a, a it it delivers. How would I put it that way? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Jeff brought like his he A-game. hits on everything. Yeah, like the guy's a the guy just knows everything about everything in hockey. Yeah, and, and don't you hate guys like and that? And he's really smart too. Like he's really smart. Like he's well spoken. Yeah, and you'll you'll find out like he's he he's you know he's Zen. He's <laughs> he's got. He's got, he knows his philosophers. He knows his yeah. historical figures. Yeah. Just a, just a really bright guy. Yeah. There's a lot more Greek than, uh, than on your typical hockey podcast. Yeah. We should have had Nick Kiprios on. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into that conversation with, uh, with Jeff Merrick, uh, let's just chat a little bit about the Evgeny Malkin suspension. Right. Let's chat. I actually was really like pleasantly surprised at the NHL and the and the Department of Player Safety for for coming up with this four game suspension because I thought quite honestly it was twice as bad as what Austin Matthews did to Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. Uh twice as bad in that you know uh he got him right square in the face full like you're eating Sherwood buddy um <laughs> you know blood Injury, didn't come back for the rest of the game. Yeah. Egregious, like just, you know, and he slashed his stick out of his hand first. So there was no. No way to defend they, himself. As they, as the, as Dops likes to call it, there's no willing combatant yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really quite, I was really quite impressed by, um, by the, uh, by the old department of player safety. And, and I can't say that very often. And yeah. uh, I, I've been. Very, very critical of them in the past, and I probably will be very, very critical of them in the future. But uh, you know, kudos to uh to them when they when they deserve them, and I think they they deserve it right now. It's almost like like did George Perils just have a kid or something like that? Like just all of a sudden he cares about people's safety. It's uh this, this weird this weird new leaf that has been turned over here. Well, they don't they don't like that one. They don't like those ones. Like they like there's a lot of stuff they yeah, like, but, but, but they yeah, don't like it when a sure. guy gets a stick right up in a guy's grill. Yeah, you know they un- don't like it. He's been yeah. fined five thousand yeah, dollars, the yeah. maximum allowable under the CBA. Under the CBA, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like that's the meme, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they can talk about how they don't like it all the time, and they they do, but they don't always but, do a heck of a lot but about when it. They, but when they do this, you can tell they really don't like that one. Yeah. 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 Great. So. uh should we just jump into Jeff Merrick? I guess so. The, jump the, the, into Jeff Merrick? I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. Yes, we should. Yes, we should, because there's a lot of meat on that bone and it's uh it's a long one. So yeah, let's uh let's Now you, you want to say jump Roll into Jeff Merrick. <laughs> Roll the tape. Roll the tape. <laughs> well, it's a big day here for us, Dylan. We have with us 
Again, some hockey royalty. Jeff oh Mark of Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. Um, a jack of all trades, a master of many as well. None. Uh, perhaps one of the most youthful looking guys still in the business. And a <laughs> guy with an encyclopedic knowledge as well. Uh, Jeffy, how you doing, buddy? It's great well, you to know see what? you. I, uh, Dylan, Ken, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I'm really impressed, Ken. You read that just as I wrote it up. That was incredible, <laughs> the way you read that script that I presented yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the only reason I have an encyclopedic memory when it comes to hockey is because I read books like this, <laughs> which is one of my favorite. I will, I, will tell you, I will tell you one thing. Selling the dream. I give this as I've got two kids that still play triple A hockey and Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So like yeah. this 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 is particularly salient for me. And I can't tell you how many parents uh, I've given this book out to. Like I have a I have right. like a, a stack of books that I always love to give out. Whenever anyone asks, like, what should I be reading? Um, if it's just fiction, I always go to John Kennedy Tools Confederacy of Dunces. But when it's mm-hmm. someone that wants something about hockey and minor hockey and kids and how parents should, you know, wrap their minds around how they should behave around their children uh, that want to play high level hockey, this is the one that, that I go to selling the dream. This nice. is for every single hockey parent out there. This is wow. really great stuff. The only problem is is that the people who need to hear that message won't read eh, it. Don't want they don't want to hear it. <laughs> it. It is. It is interesting. But you know what? The, what I find though is it gives it gives people a lot of ammunition for conversation because all the conversations and every rink yeah. are all being had at the same time, and the tone and the timber is all the same. And essentially, what this does is it gives sane people bullets. Like it, it yeah. puts bullets in the chamber for for sane people that have a, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the right perspective on everything, yeah. as opposed yeah. to you know two dogs just sort of barking in between a fence at each other, which is what Twitter <laughs> is for, uh, Kenny. So exactly. So, so where is, where great. are your kids? Where are your kids playing, Jeff? Uh, so I've got one kid playing uh, Ajax Pickering Raiders, uh, okay. APR, and my other kid is playing for the the, uh, the Markham Waxers, Rafi Torres. Uh, is nice. his coach? Uh, and oh the kids wow! Okay. Just adore, just adore him. Like this is yeah, my youngest yeah. son. My uh, this is from this is my 2012. I gotta sound like douchey hockey dad. This is my <laughs> yeah. 2012, Kenny. I got a 2010 <laughs> to 2012. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So my 2010 is okay. playing APR, and uh, my 2012 is playing with uh, Rafi Torres and the Waxers. He's it's actually Rafi's the only coach he's ever known. Like Brody and uh, Rafi's kid Ty have been buddies forever, and Rafi's been his only coach. And I'll tell you, I always okay. do the same thing. Oh, Rafi Torres is your son's coach. Oh, it must be like a really rough team. No, he is. Like I've never heard him scream at the kids. You know, there's no <laughs> ego there. Like all the guys that have gone through it before and then come out the other side. Yeah, yeah. And are, and are coaching like they're really calm. Um, the one thing, the one thing that I really find about having, um ex-NHL or ex-pro players as minor hockey coach. And this is a, a sweeping generalization. And there are exceptions, certainly. Uh, there are, you know, examples to the contrary. But generally, the coaches don't feel like they're on the team anymore. They coach. And I find right. that in a, in a right. lot of ways, the reactions of the coach are that of a player if they have an unfulfilled hockey history or if they have an unfulfilled yep. hockey pass or they feel ripped off right. by their hockey pass. They don't think they're coaches. They still still think they're on the team and that's the <laughs> okay. reaction they have i'm like when i was i've seen it before with uh with with my older son i always look at the look at the coach from the stands i'm like 
does he think he's on the team? Because that's the reaction a player has. That's not a reaction like a coach should have. Like, okay, this is a learning moment. This is how we teach. This is what we should be doing here. Instead of just, you know, whipping, you know, whipping whiteboards and stamping your feet and screaming at officials or such. Anyway, a long-winded way of and, saying, folks, get this one. It's great. It's and, and we all know, and we all know that teams, good or bad, adopt the approach that their coach has all the yeah. time, yeah. right up to the NHL, yeah. I found. So it's interesting. Well, that's good. I That doesn't surprise me hearing what you said about Rafi. Rafi's a, a, a great guy. And yeah. I think I think he, he would be a guy that you would say he's in it for the right reasons. You know, he's in it for the right reasons. And yeah. he has something to offer. And I, I totally agree. I think uh, I think Rafi Torres would be a great coach for, for young kids. Yeah, we're that's lucky. great. My wife and I always like we're we're really lucky that Brody's got some some outstanding coaching. He's got other good assistant coaches around him, but just like the development of these kids, like right away, like even even within the first couple of months, shoom, and it's nice. because I, th- I think a lot of it is they're like they're they don't get hounded. Like Rafi lets them be kids and let, puts them in positions where they're going to make mistakes and doesn't micromanage mm-hmm. everything and understands, you know, the nature of, you know, what coaching this level of hockey is at. Anyway, he's, yeah, he's, been, cool. he's, he's, he's been a treasure. He's been really good for our family. Good. Good. To, to quote Michael Scott on that. Uh, you just got to c- talk to kids like they're anybody else. Like they're adults for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's start some adult talk here, Dylan. Yeah. Adult I'll, I'll, NHL uh, talk. I'll, I'll reserve suing the former player co- turned coaches, uh, you know, for a later podcast episode. Instead, let's talk about the Florida Panthers. Sure. They're now officially tied in the President's Trophy race with the Colorado Avalanche, <laughs> although the Avs do technically have a game in hand. But my... More what I'm curious about is, do you consider what Florida doing to be more impressive than the Avalanche, considering the division that the Cats are playing in? Yeah, it's um, Atlantic stuff, um, no doubt about it. I, uh, I I wonder how much how much what we're seeing from the Florida Panthers is a reaction to them having sand kicked in their face for so many years. I mean, the Florida Panthers <laughs> have been, you know, the butt of a lot of jokes for a long time, yep. whether it's attendance yep. or performance or everybody wants to play in Florida, but no one wants to play in the people of the Panthers. Ha 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 ha. Like. All, all that stuff that they've heard for for so long, I wonder if this is just part partially a reaction to that. Like this is a team that puts up six, seven goals on the regular. This is a team yeah. that doesn't take the foot off. And we've seen this before um, from teams that finally start to actualize. Like you look at you look at teams, I think the way you look at players. And um, I mean, what is it? Aristotle used to say things exist in two states, potentiality and actuality. And I think you can say that about teams. Like for the longest time now, we've looked at Florida and there's like, okay, the potential is there. The potential is there. And now that they've actualized, when you first get that taste of it, it has to be seductive. And it has to, I mean, it's um, it, it's it's a situation, I think, for the Florida Panthers where, you know, they've been the butt of the jokes for a long time. And now they're going to stick it to everybody else. So there's no, there's, 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 there's no idea that we're going to, you know, pace ourselves through a season. We're going to sprint through the season. Why? Because we can. You know, yeah. I look at veteran teams. I go at the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example. They are pacing themselves through a season. Now, Tampa didn't used to pace themselves through a season. Nope. And where did that get them in the playoffs? Out four straight after they played one period of hockey against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I understand I understand the, the motivation for the Florida Panthers. Uh, I understand the idea of wanting to win every game by a margin of six. I understand all of that. I just I just don't know what's gonna happen here in playoffs, yeah. whether if, if you have enough 
you have enough juice left after you've done this. Like I'm, I'm much more in tune with the team that says this is 82 games. There's going to be some tough nights. There's going to be some nights where you're not feeling it. I know fans hate to hear that. I'm going to take the foot off the pedal uh, for a couple of games here, but 82 games is long and you got to save something for the playoffs. That would be like, it's, it's listen, Dylan, you're right. It's super impressive. I just, I just don't know what's going to happen come playoff time. I like the team that paces itself. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I mean, I thought the Toronto Maple Leafs were the, were a team that was pacing itself last night. They looked very much like a team. <laughs> no, no, seriously. No, seriously. They looked very much like they, a team that 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 said, we're, we are where we are. We're probably not moving up. We're probably not moving down. I just wanted to see Matthews get in, get in the post-game interview and yeah. say, we meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but but they looked like that. But but you, you bring yeah. up a good point, Jeff. And I, and I think, too, like, I just, I don't know why it is, but it just seems to me that every team that, that follows this kind of pattern has to get that kick in the pills in the first round before they realize what it takes to get beyond the first round and to go on a run. And, you know, we, we've seen it so many times, you know, we saw it with Tampa. We saw it with, 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 you know, we saw it with Washington for so many years. We saw it, Mm -hmm. you know, so many times these teams, they just, they just, they have to get that one sort of gut check uh, reality, you know, just excruciating blow in the playoffs to realize, okay, well, it is a different game in the playoffs. And we, you know, like you say, we do have to pace ourselves here. And, uh, and, and, you know, I could, I could see that happening. I could see the Florida Panthers getting all the regular season awards and maybe, you know, I mean, being out in the second round, it's, it's quite possible. You know, I think that extends to players as well, Kenny. I don't think that's just exclusive to teams. I think that, you know, there's, there's one, there's one hall of famer that I talked to years ago who said at the beginning of the season, he would go up to his coach and say the same thing. And this is guys like obviously top dog on his team and say, look, 30 games of the season, I'm going to look like a Hall of Famer. I'm going to be first star and you're going to look at me and go, wow, this guy's one of the best players, if not the best player in the game, period. There'll be 30 other games where you can't find me. You can find me on the game sheet. But you're probably not going to be able to find me. <laughs> and he said, for the rest of the other games, I'm just going to see how I feel that day. Now, oh, as wow. a fan, you hate to hear it. <clears throat> But yep. I think as someone who observes a game and understands like how long 82 games is, don't you yep. kind of understand it? Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. don't, don't yeah. you get that? Like, yeah. can you, yeah. like, how, how must you, how must you feel if you try to, if you, if you go game seven, 82 times, and isn't mm-hmm. that an unreal expectation that yeah. we have of players? And I think it's an unreal expectation that we should have as teams. And to the point about the Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres too, I think the only motivation would have been, you know, for the Toronto Maple Leafs is, you know, listen, this is something that, you know, going back to the era of, Jeez, Don Edwards and Bob Sove. It's incredible. The Buffalo it's incredible. Sabres. This team, the Buffalo Sabres have always owned the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? French connection up against, you know, uh, you know, the Sittler, the Sittler line. And Tor- doesn't yeah. matter. Like it has been going on forever. It's <laughs> and it's Buffalo completely. Sabres. Yeah. And it's completely impervious to where the teams are. Like totally. it, it, the, the, the Sabres could be terrible. The Sabres could doesn't be matter. great. The Sabres could be okay. They still kick the Leafs' ass. Like it's it's just amazing how they seem to own this team, and and they've and they owned them this year. I yeah. mean, you could argue that the reason why the Leafs are kind of still jockeying for home ice is because of how they played against Buffalo this year. If yeah. they had taken care of business in those games, you know, they'd be they'd be chasing Florida for first, not not sort of hanging on for second. 
You know, a couple you know? weeks ago, I was in in Florida, West Palm, at the um, uh, at the uh, uh, GM, GM meetings, meetings. and uh, talked to Dubas. And you know, one of the things that we one of the things we talked about was like you know this idea, like how, I we don't understand. Like you can go in and beat Florida, Tampa, uh, Colorado, like beat the heavyweight teams, and then you know Arizona comes into town. Sure, you know if Emelka stands on his head, but why does a team struggle? And yeah. Dubas was like, yeah. "This is the ultimate frustration for us. Like we." have a hard time getting up for teams that are lower than us in the standings or non-playoff teams. And I'm not sure how to react to that, to be honest with you, because part of me understands that part of me will look at that and say, well, you know, come playoff time, there's not going to be any non-playoff teams (laughs) that you face. So why should it really matter (laughs) as long as you can get up for the big Mm -hmm. name teams? Mm -hmm. Like not every, you know, not every, you know, not every team has to be the 77 Habs here and just, you know, run through the NHL season like a like a hog in the truffles. Like there's it's, it's OK if you lose to a bottom feeding team, I guess, as long as you uh, as long as you put it uh, put it up against the top dogs. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Florida Panthers right now are sitting on an eight game win streak yep. where they've beat teams both good and bad. And to your point, I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but uh, I'd still rather a team just, you know, win all the time, you know, ideally, if that's an option. <laughs> uh, Habs, I mean, what's the closest thing we've seen to a perfect team, that Montreal Canadian squad? Yeah. yeah. Like that was, Almost, and, well, and, Tampa and, and recently. Into, and, into the, and into the playoffs as well. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, we, like, run the table in the regular season and then just, and then just you know, go just lawnmower, keep, to, keep, go lawnmower yeah, keep to the it, playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's yeah. hard. <laughs> it is tough. it really it's, is it's, it's it really, really is tough, yeah. yeah yeah i mean even the oiler teams the dynasty teams they didn't they nope. paced themselves well you know? and they also got that kick in the pills at the beginning yes that's right that's <laughs> uh, that we talk about yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly hey hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the nhl right now new customers can bet just one dollar on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. Uh, so speaking of teams that have gotten lots of kicks in the pills, as it stands right now, the Florida Panthers will be playing the Washington Capitals in the first round. Certainly not a team to be taken lightly. And I mean that, of course, in the most literal sense of the term, they, because they play a heavy brand of hockey. Yep. How do you envision a series like that going? Uh, well, I think uh, Panthers are going to try to skate all over them uh, and try to yeah. you know, skate skate them into the ground. Um, you know, if it comes down to a goaltending duel, I think I know who I like in that fight. Um, you know, <laughs> the interesting thing about the Washington Capitals is, you know, by now I think we all understand the reality of aging curves and how mm-hmm. when players fall off, they fall off quickly. And you might point to Ovechkin and say, well, what about him? Well, they're certainly outliers um, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to all of this. Um 
On the one hand, you never want to count out a veteran team in the playoffs. Those are generally the teams that tend to do well. But then, like, and again, it's it's different for every team. Like, at what point does veteran just turn into old? Right. You know, like, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, like, there's that, there's that yeah. space yeah. there, right? And, I, and, and, and every team eventually crosses over into it. Into like, old and slow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, I've... Yeah. We've yeah. wondered about that with Washington for a number of years. <clears throat> is this finally the season where, you know, the reality of aging curves because, you know, what's the only thing that's undefeated? Time. Like, time is undefeated. Like, what what happens when time catches up to the Washington Capitals? Um, and too many times I've said, it's now. It's now. And then they've, you know, de- defied whatever <laughs> yeah. logic I've thrown out there. So I always come a little bit shy of, of saying, okay, that's it. They're done. They're too old, uh, too slow. You know, the the boots are full of lead. They can't do this anymore. Um, I've said that too many times. I've been proven wrong. Right. But when you couple an aging curve with questionable goaltending, even though Washington's mm-hmm. played better lately. Yeah, they man, have. I mean, it's 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 pretty obvious that they're 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 done with Samsonov. Yeah. Uh, and and Vanacek hasn't exactly been fantastic, certainly lately. Um, not exactly. I mean, this worst kept secret that they were out fishing for Mark Andre Fleury, who didn't want to, you know, sign with the water wave to go to the the Washington Capitals, or I guess he wouldn't have to wave, just agree to go to the Washington Capitals, yeah, yeah. the handshake yeah. deal. Um, because I think we all expect that he'll be in Pittsburgh next season, uh, unless Minnesota somehow can re-sign him. Um, they got goaltending problems. And when yeah. you have goaltending yeah. problems in the playoffs, that gets amplified pretty fast. And when you get old, and when you make that transition from veteran to old, it gets pretty obvious pretty quick. And it can get ugly too. And Jeff, yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh is my kryptonite in that respect. Like every year, like we know the day of reckoning is coming. <laughs> we know yeah. it's coming. We just don't know when it's going to be. And we always think it's going to be that year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it never is. And it never is. But I, I, have a, I have a theory on the Washington Capitals that, and I'd like to, to pose it to you and and see what you think. I think the Washington Capitals, they've lost the first round every year since they, since they won the Stanley cup. I think the, one of the problems with the Washington Capitals is they've got their legacy. They won their Stanley cup and they're okay with it. They're okay with it. I think, Mm -hmm. I think they're, I think they're completely satisfied Mm -hmm. with having won that one cup and getting Ovi his one cup. And again, I, I also think that the, this OV-centricness of it all takes away from a lot of other stuff too, because now it, it just seems to me like all anybody cares about is whether or not he breaks Wayne Gretzky's record. Like nobody yeah. talks about the, the the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. Nobody mm-hmm. talks about you know yeah. all of these other things. All anybody talks about is Ovi's going to break the Ovi's going to break Wayne Gretzky's scoring record. And I think to their detriment, I I, I really think that there's mm-hmm. a it's a mindset too, and and I think. They figure we've won our cup. We did our thing. It was great. You know, we had the great parties and we gave this fan base, a, a, you know, a, a, something they can hang on to for the next 25 years. And we're good with that. I think there's a lot to that. And I think that's what happens when you're an older team and you win the Stanley Cup. Like if they would have mm-hmm. won, like when was the first time, Kenny, that we really thought Washington was going to win the Stanley Cup? 2010. Yeah, right. Two, yeah, 2010, got, yeah. and then they got starched by Be- Camilleri and Halak, and yeah, you know, Halak yeah. said no. Yeah, Halak yeah, said yeah. no. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Halak yeah. said no. Like that was the first time we really looked at Washington and said, "Ooh, this team." 
you know, and there were like minor eruptions here and there. Like there was that time, you know, Boudreaux was still coaching the team and Lindy Ruff mm-hmm. was coaching the Dallas Stars and both teams were just like, hey man, we're playing pond hockey and this is fun. And they, those two teams were must watch. And we're thinking like, oh man, how great would hockey be if these two teams met in the Stanley Cup final? Because as we all know, copycat league, you're going to ape whatever is yeah. successful the year before. And man, if we can get Dallas and Washington somehow. into the So there have been like eruptions along the way, but it took them a long time. It took them a yep. long time. The chase was long. Um, there weren't many successes along the way. To your point, Penguins were the kryptonite for the Washington Capitals. And there was that frustration. And when they finally broke through, you know, I kind of look at it like this. I look at it like if you're a team that has to grind for every single goal, like goals are hard to score. If you're yep. a team that has to grind for every single goal, Man, when you finally score, like you realize, like, oh man, okay, that's a lot of that work. That was it's hard. Like, it's Sisyphus, <laughs> right? And now the rock goes down. And here yeah. we go, here we go again to score a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think when you're yeah. an older team and you and you finally get there, I, I wonder how much it's like, okay, mission accomplished. What's the old the old the old saying, you know, you, you can't eat if you're not hungry. Um, mm. or you know, the the great, you know, the great boxing saying it's it's hard to get up at five in the morning. You know, um, Hagler used to say this one. It's hard to get up at five in the morning to do road work when you're, you know, when you're, when you're going to sleep in silk pajamas. Like it's really <laughs> tough. Yeah. You know, yeah, Voltaire yeah. talked about this about you know societies. You know, they rise with the sound of wooden clogs going up the stairs, and they fall with the sounds of silk slippers going down the stairs. Like mm-hmm. I, I just wonder. Like once you get to that spot, and it's the old story. It's the Rocky story. Is it harder to get there or harder to stay there? And it feels like a lot when you finally, this is why I'm giving weight to what you're saying. Cause I, I believe yeah, it. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. The pivot was fast. The pivot went from cup to Gretzky. Like, right, yeah, 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 right yeah, away. yeah, 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 that yeah, was, yeah, that was yeah, the story. Yeah. And that, and that was, that was, that was the frame around the whole thing. I'm, I, I think there's probably something, I think there's probably something to that. They finally got what they wanted and it took them a long time. And it, 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 it does certainly feel, I mean, certainly not, if you ask anyone publicly, but you know, it does feel like they're kind of content with that. And, and this is what I like about having Jeff Merrick on our show. Hmm. The philosophy he, references. Well, no, but he, yeah, like he's, a, he's a hockey guy that talks about Sisyphus and Voltaire. And I, I think he brought up, I, didn't you bring up like Aristotle earlier yeah, in the comedy? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, when I was at university, See, I'm, I'm a big one. I'm a big one on all the, all the, all the, um, on all the philosophers, Plato, Socrates, yeah. uh, those guys. Yeah. That's an old Steve Martin joke, actually. <laughs> but, yeah. The, uh, listen, when I was at university at Guelph, I tried to educate myself out of a job. I studied English and philosophy <laughs> and, and damn it. I'm somehow I ended up in, in sports media and hockey media and trying, trying to make my degree relevant somehow. As pretentious as that may sound now, guys do you ever need do you have a needle fridge that you have a degree and he doesn't what's that do you ever needle fridge that you have a degree and he doesn't no i I mean (laughs) i'll I'll needle him whenever guelph beats western in in sports yeah 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 Yeah. like he could go back tomorrow and pick up like one more credit and of course he did could he's he's like one short yeah yeah like he always but he never gives me a chance to because he always brings him brings it up himself like you'll talk about going to western although yeah he never graduated and he always yeah 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 so he's like sort of cutting me off of the past he doesn't give me a a chance to to ridicule him about that (laughs) right right ridicule about not getting (laughs) Uh, but no he never he never gives me a chance to to lay into him Uh, that's funny there's a word for you here, Jeff. Uh-oh. Oh, 
overqualified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I still think I'm underqualified for this gig, to be honest. I was not trained for any of this. This is the most accidental. Like, to me, this is like I've had like well, what, I, what I describe as a talking head's career. I'm like David Byrne. Like, how did I get here? You may find yourself. Like, <laughs> that, that's kind of how I feel. Like, somehow I'm talking to two guys that know way more about hockey than me. And I'm no. kind, of, kind of faking the funk and going along with it and making some hockey sounds here. And well, I, if you're fake. Every, it, if you're faking every, it, Jeffy, you're doing a hell of a job because yeah. put it put it because, this way. Yeah. Every two weeks a paycheck shows up and someone yells stop thief. That's how I feel. <laughs> That's how I feel about all of it. Look, Total fraud. <laughs> I had a friend who was going over to the queue and he was concerned that he didn't speak any French and all I said, and I taught him how to say pucks in deep. And that's all that he needed to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, Come on, dit en français, pucks in deep. Come on, dit en français. <laughs> dit en pucks in deep. We're not doing that today. <laughs> la, rondelle, la rondelle on depth. <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting way off topic here. Um, but it's wonderful. I was, I was trying to figure out if there was a joke about the the Olympic wrestling and Ovi doing the shirtless push-ups in the pond and the oil, but there's nothing there. Yeah, I tried. Every, yeah, so every so angle. don't force it. Just let's move. Yeah, on. no, I know. Let's move I just, on. I, yeah, I failed. We we have a busy man here. Right? We do have yeah. a busy man here. So yeah, sit here, you know, like morning coffee. Like I'm so busy. Yeah, <laughs> talk about hockey on the radio. Yeah. Ooh. So, I mean, lost in the whole shuffle though here, yep. and, and I think that part of the reason why Ovechkin. The, the the Gretzky's talk started was because I remember in that off season after he won the cup, you know, a, a lot of people that were kind of close to Washington and in Washington media were saying, Ovi's hungry for another. People think that he's not hungry, but he's loving his life right now. He's hungry for another. And so he came out of the gate flying the next year yeah. and putting up goals. And that kind of is the, the genesis, which has a Greek root word, of mm-hmm. the uh, of of that talk going into Ovi Gretzky and it and it might have his hunger for his next cup might have kind of been the thing to overshadow this. Anyways, I know you know I I think that um I think injuries got in the way uh from a lot of certainly for a lot of his team. Um, yeah. I don't know that uh, if the if the entire squad was as inspired as Alexander yep. Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom yep. and John Carlson, and mm-hmm. I th- I think that you know when when you lose pieces. Like, man, you lose like Andre Burakovsky. Like when you yeah. when you when you start to lose guys like that. Like I, I know yeah. they're not the headline guys, but all your support pieces and your yeah. secondary scoring guys, and then you have soft seasons from Yevgeny Kuznetsov, whose game just completely vanishes to the point where you're like, we're done with the act here, and we need to we need to move on. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't doubt that Ovechkin wanted to win more. I just don't know if everybody around him felt the same way. That's yeah. true. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, speaking of Evgeny Kuznetsov, he this year yep. has 72 points in 70 games. Yep. And this after all those rumors that you just alluded to that he was on the trading block. Um, he was. This, he was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, you know, where there's that much smoke, you know, there's there's usually fire. Um, but has he made himself invaluable to this team at this point? Like if they're planning on running it back and uh, and trying again at, you know, next year? Uh, I think so. Um, I, I don't know that, you know, whether he, he has had a, a really good season. I still yeah. think that in the back of everybody's mind, though, there's the potential for him to revert back. So it, it still doesn't yeah. make him, if you wanted to move on from Kuznetsov, I mean, that'll be a really tough deal. Like he's, he, he's still in the process of like undoing a lot of really average play. 
and some yeah, really yeah. some really average seasons. So I, I think they're married to him either way. Um, I'm mm-hmm. just glad for Washington's sake that he's making the best of the situation right now. Um, yeah. and you know, I, 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 listen, you, you win Stanley cups in net, you win Stanley cups, you know, up the middle, uh, yeah. backstrom Kuznetsov, as long as they're both playing great, that answers, that does answer a lot of your questions. Yeah. So last one about the Washington Capitals here. After a not so stellar year, GM Brian McClellan suggested that his team was not going to be aggressive at the trade deadline and surprise, surprise, they weren't. They only added a couple of depth pieces to the forward core yet, since the trade deadline, they've gone six and two and are currently on a four game winning streak. My yep. question is this Will Ovechkin have the quietest 50 goal season of his career? A lot of people got off, got off Ovechkin um, when Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. Like it's the elephant yep. in the room here, guys. Like he yeah, went yeah. from the lovable yeah. Russian goal scorer to the guy that won't take the picture of him and Vladimir Putin off his social media. Right. And right. he became, you know, for a lot of people, a quite unlikable person. Like the, the Ovechkin yeah. phenomenon is fascinating. Uh, he comes to the NHL and he's the lovable, goofy guy who's trying to do every interview in English, even though he doesn't have any command of the language. We all love them for it. And he's right. scoring highlight goals off his back in Arizona. And he's doing the hot he, stick. And doing yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. Like he became the lovable guy. And then he wasn't. Right. And then there was this era where it was sort of everybody turns on Ovechkin, wins the Stanley Cup, and he's swimming in fountains and all that. And everybody loves Ovechkin again. And then the situation, the real-life situation, uh, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine happens. And we all know about the past uh, associations with Alex Ovechkin and Vlad Putin. And it made people, you know, I think really think about who they're cheering for and why they're cheering for him. And is there a bigger issue here than, wow, we like to watch Mm -hmm. that guy with the big slap shots uh, in the OV spot score goals. Um, And I, I think that that's really, I think that's really put a dent in how people feel about, you know, what once was this fun loving you know, Russian goal scorer chasing, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record, I think it's really put yeah. a, a damper on that. Like you can be happy only to a certain point for right. Alex, for Alex Ovechkin. I, I honestly, I, I really do think that as this chase continues, the fact that he has this tight association and has always shown clear and unwavering support for Vladimir Putin, I, I think that this really does this really does, you know, hamper how people how people feel about it or inform how people feel yeah. about him right now. And I think people are pretty uncomfortable about the whole thing. For me, it's it's the disingenuousness of it because, you know, he 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 basically is a founding member of Team Putin. And yeah. then he he'll just come out and say, Well, none of this is under my control. I'm just a hockey guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a I'm not a politics guy. Well, you you clearly were a politics guy. Uh, you know, uh, not very long ago. And so you can't sort of have your foot in one, one camp and, and, and in another as well. And that to me is, is kind of what's really unsettling about a lot of this too. Yeah. You know, I, I always have to, I always try to catch myself too, because on this, in this conversation, like I'm talking from the backseat, I don't have a single hand on the wheel here. This, this is, this is Ovechkin and a very real life situation. And I get it. Like hypocrisy is the greatest luxury. Like if you like live through, live your life, man, if you can live your life as a hypocrite, like you, that is the greatest luxury. If you can live based on, <laughs> you know, I, I live one way, but everybody else has to live a completely different way. Like yeah. that, that's fine. I, I think it is at a certain point, is it hypocritical of Ovechkin? Absolutely. I don't think mm-hmm. we can, we, there, there's no way you can stick handle or finesse any way out of that conversation. 
But I always think to myself too, at a certain point, doesn't this, this just become about basic survival? And somehow, mm, some, yeah. sometimes yeah. like you have to be a hypocrite to survive. And right now with his family there and the uncertainty of that man and that government and how that person could behave towards you or your family, I get it. And listen, given a choice between being a hypocrite and protecting my family, I, I know, I know what, which I, one I, yeah. I yeah. know what yeah, I'm we're choosing. All, Call we, yeah, we're all doing. All you want. <clears throat> yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I always exactly. have to catch myself yep. and say, yep. I get it. This guy's trying to survive right now. And <clears throat> That's a good I, point, I, Jeff. I, I can knock him. I can knock him. Yeah. We, all, we all can. Yeah. That guy's trying to survive yeah. right now. Yeah. Good point. I think that lost in these conversations often is uh, just how insidious um manipulated media can be, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I've got um, somebody who's close to me, <clears throat> not related by blood, but related, who was is from Russia, but had lived in Ukraine for a long time, and, and her family is still in Ukraine, and she was a huge Putin supporter. Mm-hmm. Well, now her mother's starving because of of this invasion, and all of a sudden the facts that she took for granted growing up in the world that she grew up in, in terms of Putin's great, he's saving the, you know, he's saving our nation, blah, blah, blah. She all of a sudden is, is being confronted with and she, and it confuses her. And, and so it's the same thing with, I won't get too political, but it's the same thing with a lot of issues here. It's the same thing with a lot of the people that we've seen, you know, throw their support against with, uh, with Trump and stuff like this. We, we see this all the time where I think that we have to weight responsibility between the fact that, yes, these people are making a bad decision, but they're also in some ways a victim of a situation. And it's, it's a difficult one, but, uh, but I completely agree with you. I, but you, hang I, on, you, 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 I'm can't, not like, allowed. Hang on. We, 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 we want to make everything in life about, about, you know, uh, we want to make everything in life binary like this. We want to make right. it ones and zeros and, and that's it because it makes us more comfortable if the world exists like that, but the world doesn't exist like that. Like right. you are Correct. able like to the, to the point about, you know, um, this person you're talking about, you, you're allowed you're allowed to be like, I always joke about, you know, my friends like, oh yeah, he's a nice bunch of guys or she's a nice bunch of girls. Like, ha, but we we're all a bunch of different people and you're allowed yeah. to, I think, to have all these different feelings and a lot of them conflict. Like that's what makes us human beings at a certain right. point. Mm-hmm. And then th- that you hope that by the time you have like one foot in the coffin and one foot on a banana peel, you kind of figure it out be- before you're done. Um, yeah. And many of us, most of us, I would argue, don't like you're allowed, like that's part of being human. You know, yeah. learning and confronting yourself and challenging yourself and, you know, uh, you know, confronting different, confronting different ways yeah. that you've thought before. Um, and, you know, when 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 context changes, it's it's OK for you to change your opinion. You know, Maynard Keynes, you know, the great economist, you know, once said, you know, when he was caught flip flopping on, on some issue, he said, well, you know, when the context change, I change my opinion. What pray tell do you do? Yeah, that's ev- that's evolving. <laughs> that's yeah, evolving. That's yeah. called evolving, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're yeah. you're allowed. Like I don't think your friends should feel you know uh, should feel awful about having conflicted feelings when situations are changing all at the same time. What's you all saying? You can't step in the same river twice. It's true because context yeah. is still king. Everything is always changing, and you are allowed to have conflicting emotions and conflicting feelings about things. Things that you felt were so true five minutes ago. It's okay to say five minutes later. Yeah, I don't think that's true anymore. 
Yeah. And I think, and I think, wow. as, I think as a group of people, by the way, specifically on social media, I think we have to cut people that slack because right yeah. now we just want to say, you know, you're, 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 you're a one or you're a zero. You're a one, you're a zero. You're a one, you're a zero. That's uh that is a, yeah. a, a runway yeah. into a wall. I really, yeah. I really believe we got to cut people a lot more slack than that and allow people to have conflicted feelings all at the same time. It's part of being human. Wow. All right. Completely agree. Okay, so well, the I Capitals power play. I didn't play. see where anyway. that was going. <laughs> I didn't see it going there. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the uh, NCAA guys that signed. Yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Well, we start? wanted to be a podcast that makes people think. We just didn't specify <laughs> about, about what. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, no, no. that's uh, that's good. Look, that's I mean, why that's, we have that it. conversation has more importance to the world than anything else <laughs> we're going to talk about. So, speaking of things that have no real bearing on the world. <laughs> Let's talk about some NCAA players. Oh, let's talk about Brink. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's on the list. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just run down a list, and I just want to hear yours and Ken's. Give me like a, a two minute, almost like an elevator pitch on these sure. folks. I'm gonna say the name. Tell me what you're thinking. I wanna I wanna ask Jeff Jeff something first. So they're sure. bringing in, you know, Buffalo brought in Own Power. Yeah. Seattle's brought in Maddie Beneers. You know, yep. uh, uh, Phoenix or Arizona's brought in Nate Smith. Stealing all the lists, the and, names on the list. Uh, here. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> anyways, I I I'm it's an, it's an interesting thing, like because now it just be it's become standard practice that yep. these guys are gonna sign and and burn that year off their entry level contract. It yep. doesn't burn off a year towards free agency, but it does burn the year off that entry level contract. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it's interesting that the teams are so willing to do that now. And, I, and I'm wondering, you know, like, I mean, with the top end guys, I can't imagine you want to get them through entry level more quickly than they're going to go through. But but maybe you do. And you do. And you do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you do. But but it, but because then it leads to that longer deal, I guess. And maybe they haven't well, accomplished as much. But on the player side, too, I mean, I guess it doesn't really mean that much, but these are incentive laden deals for these guys. They're never going to hit those bonuses yeah. in the first year of their contract. So, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting sort of push and pull, isn't it? I think, I think the kids all want to play and want to have their NHL taste yeah. and their NHL experience right away. And I think for the team, um, you know, cause I always wondered about that too. Like, Oh, don't you want that? Keep that extra year of control and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I yeah. had one manager tell me like, look, the second, the, you know, the, the second contract, the bridge generally is gone for a lot of these guys. Like you right, come out of it right. and, you, and you ring the bell. And he said, look, I would rather negotiate that second contract, which generally is, you know, the big one for yep. these guys yep. based on two years of two, performance. Two years rather than three. three. Yep. You know, you know yep. what that third year is yep. like, is like for a, for a pro player. That's like, yep. okay, now I'm feeling it. Now I get it. Now I'm putting yeah, yeah. up some points. I'm really, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, proving my worth here. He said, look, I would rather, you know, we're all sounding like, you know, prospectors here. Oh, there's gold in them in the hills. Like I'd rather prospect and think about <laughs> yeah. and project, project out what these guys are going to be like. And he said, like, look, I would rather, I would rather, you know, for my team, I have a better chance of getting a team friendly deal after two years than after right. three. After right. three, yeah. I, I could yeah. really That's be it. stuck yeah. here. So the kids want to play. Teams want to get a better deal. To me, it's kind of a, a hand to glove situation here. And I think I think this year too, it's and and I don't know if this is much of a factor, but the Buffalo Sabres can tell Owen Power and the Seattle Kraken can tell Maddie Beneers and and these teams can tell these guys, you're not going to the World Juniors this year. Sorry. It's an August tournament. You're gonna to miss out on a lot of training. Uh, it's going to be a really, really crucial time for you. You're, you're not going yeah. to play in that tournament this year, you know, and, and they, they, now they can just say it. Whereas if you don't, if you don't have the guy signed, there's not much you can do. Right. But here you can just say, you're not going. Yeah. 
You know, with a player like Owen Power, I wonder because that's a that's a fight with Pat Brisson. <laughs> that's not they just yeah, had a big, yeah. had a big yeah, fight yeah, with Pat yeah. Brisson over over Jack Eichel. Like I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I think by now, like the kids just want to have their have their pro careers, and I think the right. majority of them, and I think everyone's on the same page here. Like, and I know the feeling is, oh, it'll be like a little mini training camp for them. That would be the potential to get injured. You know, yeah, I know you're the yeah. potential is there every time you step on the ice, but but I'm with you. I think a lot of these guys, anyhow, are you yeah. know once they sign their pro deals, get that taste of the NHL. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not going back. Like, Although I was, I was, I was talking to Mason McTavish uh, about a month and a half ago. Man, he's and good. I, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, and I didn't even get the question completely out of my mouth about the World Juniors, and he yeah. said, "I'm going." He says I'm going. If Anaheim lets me go, I'm there. No, no, but I mean, he hasn't had that opportunity like a lot of other guys have, but it's interesting because the kids, you know, I mean, generally they'll probably all want to play, but their agents and their teams will be telling them, you know, this probably is not the best idea. (laughs) The thing about Mason McTavish is too, and now that Ryan Getzlaff is retiring, like the plan for Mason McTavish, like they have, like they love him. I know Dallas Aiken really loves Mason McTavish. And What's they love him love? there. Like I think, yeah. I think ultimately, once that guy figures out the NHL, once he once he arrives there, yeah. I mean, up the gut. I know as much as everyone's in love with Trevor Zegras, who do you think is going to be the first line center there? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think yeah. it's going to be Zegras. I think it's McTavish. Yeah. I think McTa- yeah. McTavish yeah. is the guy. He's the more like Zegras gives you the highlights and the sizzle and all that. It's great. Like he's a a one man marketing machine for the NHL. Like that goal and like that goal against the Buffalo Sabres, him and Sonny Milano. That did more yeah, to yeah, promote yeah. the game of hockey than anything the NHL has come up with. To the point where when he wasn't on the all when he wasn't going to the All Star game, you know they had to figure out a way. The NHL and ESPN both wanted him in. They had to figure mm-hmm. out a way to to get him into the All Star game somehow. But if you're a coach and you're tapping someone on the shoulder late in the game, sitting on a one goal lead, who's getting that? Oh tap? yeah, Mason oh McTavish yeah. Trevor Zegers. Like I, I think I, honestly, mm. I think Mason McTavish. Oh for sure, for sure. Like you know, look at Arizona. Like Arizona shopping around Jacob Chikrin. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the ask would be something like Mason McTavish, Olin Zellweger, and a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's Stick, a big ask. Yeah. And He's to great. me, McTavish, McTavish, you're right about everything you're saying about him. And, and I think this is, I think, you know, Zegers will be the number two behind him. And and it's it will be to his benefit because completely. I, I mean, Mace McTavish is going to do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. He's going to do all the heavy lifting. And then and then Zegers is going to get better matchups and he's going to be able to do things like he's doing right now. And I think it's it's I mean, that's that's what you want. Right. That's what that's yeah. that's a dream. Yeah. That's a dream. Yep. It really is. I got I got all yep. day from McTavish. All day. All and you've day. also got that situation like Pittsburgh had with uh, Malkin and Crosby, where if you need it, you load them up on the line for, you know, yeah. you're down in the third. And then if you don't need it, then you've got two excellent lines. So not a problem. They, they, that 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 prospects pipeline for Anaheim looks really good. I know it's tough sledding right now. And they let go of a lot of really high end talent and they've taken more yeah, than yeah, probably Delorier. one step back. But that one hurts. Yeah, Delorier hurts in in more ways, more ways than one. A little bit of a blanket, and also, Uh man, he was a really good penalty killer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nick DeLore is a really, really good penalty. Yeah. And they had him. They had him. Like they had him. I wonder if he goes back. I wonder if he goes back. Interesting. The thing is, I I, I can't believe. So a year before he finally, I mean, he got, obviously we know he got dealt to Minnesota. The year before, um, there were teams that were trying to get him at deadline. You know what the price that Bob Murray wanted? A first round pick. Mm, like wow. that was the price for Nick yeah. DeLore. Like yeah. Bob Murray knew for yeah. all of Bob Murray's faults. Like he mm-hmm. knew what that guy meant to the yeah. team. And then Anaheim yeah. had that game against Arizona. And, you know, I had one. Yeah. I'm not sure. Me, like, I'm not sure that Troy Terry ends up getting his no. face pummeled. If, if Nick DeLore is even on the bench in the no. lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So not, not, yeah. A, not, a, not a chance. Anyhow. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So let's do this. Okay. Tell me what you're thinking. Owen Powers. Power. <laughs> Owen Power. I, was, I, I thought he was related to Austin somehow. <laughs> the way he played last I've night? I've done that so yeah. many times. Yeah. I've put S's on the end of... Uh, Are Jeff, you laughing? You, you put an S on the end of it? No. Is that yeah. why? Jeff, Dylan do you know Maria was... Mountain? Do you know, Maria Mountain the, do you know Maria Mountain, the strength and conditioning coach? I don't. She's, she's like the top goaltending strength and conditioning coach in the country, maybe the world. Okay. And I had her on another podcast and I kept on saying mountains. And so when she tweeted out the announcement that she was on this podcast, she'd put hashtag. That's my stripper name. <laughs> there you go. And it's Maddie Beneers, not Beneer. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so, you know so just so we've got yeah. this straight. Just okay. So, that we got this. so Owen Power. Can we just yeah. get the Owen Power. Power. Can we just get the Jack McBain's here and uh, and, be, and be on with it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's not Matthew Nye? What's not to love about a six foot six defenseman that skates like that? Um, yeah, you know, uh, moves well. I mean, you're seduced by the size. I remember watching him play with the reps too, and I, I thought that yeah. there was a really good player in there. But man, his development just like shot off the pages uh, over the last few seasons. Um, you know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with someone not too long ago about. And this is something, Ken, that you've written about, exceptional status in the OHL. Right. And Jack Hughes was denied exceptional status. He was. Into the Ontario was. Hockey League. And there is a belief that by not allowing Hughes, uh, not granting Hughes exceptional status, certainly it cost, it cost the OHL Quinn yeah. Hughes. And there's some thinking, according to one person I talked to, that it might have cost him own power as well. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but I, I would agree. It might've been the best thing to happen to Jack Hughes. He would have been going to Guelph. He was an undersized kid. Um, you know, he went off to do what he did with the U S national program and look at him now, you know, and to me, like the, the exceptional status, it's interesting because what I like about how they do it is it's an arm's length committee yes. from hockey Canada. So Dave branch can't, say we're you know we're going to take this kid and, he and i know he can, he, he can he can lobby and he, he can and he lobby does. he can he absolutely and he lobby and i'm telling you right now he is lobbying for michael misa to get that status um for sure um but but what i like about it is i know some of the people on this committee and i trust them as hockey people and as as people just generally and whether they make the right choice or the wrong choice because they're going to make right choices and wrong choices. Sean Day obviously wasn't the right choice. Uh, Aaron Eckblad and a lot of other guys were the right choice. They do it with the player's best. The, the, the only thing they think of is the player's best interest. Is this going to be something that is going to help or hurt this player? Can this player handle this on and off the ice or can't he do it? And that's what I like about it. So if we see Michael Miza, and I mean, three guys have applied 
the other two aren't getting it. Mm-hmm. Trevor Moore and, and Ryan Rubrick are not going to get it. Michael Miza may. None yeah. of them might get it. But if he gets you it, know, I, I'm very I'm very confident knowing that he will have gone through a process that indicates that he's ready to accept that challenge. It's April 13th, and there's no yep. word. I have to think that that's good for, well, Wasserman represents Misa. I would have to they think do. that, that, that yep. that's good for that camp because I believe the word yeah. was supposed to come down Kenny around OHL Cup time. So well, there's, there's, at there's, first there's, they thought it was yeah. At first it's always been before OHL Cup. They've always done now, it before OHL Cup. Now the fact that it's here, here we are on the 13th is there's yeah. no word. Like I was told, yeah. like all three, no way. And then the OHL Cup happened. That's and that's what Lisa I was told. Shattered all the records and McDavid's records, and they all went. Yeah. Okay. Let's maybe <laughs> well, re- let's, let's see. revisit this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like. Listen, I know the Chicago Steel want them, right? And I mean, take a transition with prep school, like you go to Shattuck's or yeah, yeah. Jersey or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the USHL is is on him now. Not that you make a consideration just based on we don't want to lose him uh, yeah. to the United States, but still like the pressure. Well, it's Adam Fantilli, right? It's Adam Fantilli. Adam Fantilli. Adam Fantilli went to Chicago. Yep. He's in Chicago now and he's going to he's going to the University of Michigan first for his his first year before his yep. draft. He'll probably play he'll probably be a one year guy and then he's gone. And then yep. OHL doesn't get him. So interesting. I, I, yeah. I'd have to think though, here we are at the thirteenth and there's no decision that that weighs well or that 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 Man. looks good for uh, for his yeah. chances of getting yeah. exceptional status. I mean they love the tangents like, we like go they, off they, on. they have to they have to tell teams like before the draft right like was the draft 29th yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that that would be that would be good and they have like they have a combine not that he would ever have to go to it but they've got a combine i think not this weekend but next weekend the ohl combine and they so. have a lottery on what is the lottery on the 18th i think uh yeah so well yeah it's the day it's 18th. the day day after the season ends because that yeah the four yeah the four non-playoff teams are going to be in the lottery so they're yeah i mean yeah, it's a lot of lot of stuff kinda to gotta, do. So kind of got to find out here, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, we were talking All about right. Owen Power, yeah, which is right, good. Owen Power. Yeah. I love the tangents we go off on with sure. Jeff. Like it's just great. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I, I didn't think that we were going to have enough time. Now I'm going to have to cut us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ken, do you want to weigh in on Owen Power before we move on to the next player? Well, well, I just think that all he has to do is play every game in his career like he played his first one. And he'll be a really, really great player. I, I thought he was outstanding last night. This podcast I, I, has gone too long because we just talked about at the beginning how you can't yeah, play yeah, yeah, every game yeah, yeah, in your yeah, career yeah. like that. No, but I look no, but like he was Yeah, it's great. He looked like he he looked like like Alex Tuck said, he looked like a ten year veteran out there. He just, for the, for yeah. the first time in a for the first time in how long have we said I think the Buffalo Sabres are gonna be okay. Like Jack Quinn coming, JJ Paterka coming, Owen yeah, Powers. Yeah. Like, for the first time well, in a while, they're old I think de- we're looking at it and saying, mm, I think they're going to be all Jeff, right. They're, Jeff, their oldest defenseman last night was Casey Fitzgerald. I know, right? At the age of 24 with 30 games of NHL experience. Now, that, that was their oldest defenseman in the lineup last night. That does wink at one issue, which is it's fine to run with kids, and that's great. But what's the Oilers example? The Oilers example is you can't just load with yeah. kids here. You need right. to have the right, right veterans. And you can't, right. again, we'll go back to the Oilers example. You, it can't be... You know, guys, you know, I mean, Ryan Smith is the obvious example that brought Ryan Smith back. It still needs to be players that can relate to a younger player. Like, you can't be the guy who's 35 years old and he's got three kids. He's got hustle all over the place because his life is way different than someone that's 22 years old. Yeah, So you need that, like, 25, what is it, you figured 25 to 29 
like guys yeah. that are in that sort of sweet spot of the bat, like they're a little bit older, but can still relate to yeah. the younger. Those are hard yeah. to find. I get it. Or Those you bring in hard to, hard to find. Or you bring in Craig Anderson, who can have a son who's 22. <laughs> <laughs> if he had the kid I at love, 18, the math, I, the math works. I love the Craig Anderson story. Give me it's more wonderful. of that. I love yeah. the, Listen, I know it came down to a decision between Craig Anderson and Devin Dubnik for the Buffalo Sabres once, uh, once his, because I think they were talking with Edmonton about Koskinen last year uh, at free agency. And then that vanished. Uh, all Mark ends up signing with the Boston Bruins. I think that surprised the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, geez, they protected him in the expansion draft on an expiring yeah. contract thinking they could right. get him. And then boom, that went away. Yeah, um, Lokin, it's not ready yet. And, no, yeah, Lokin, and yeah. you know, Devin yeah. Levi's on the horizon, but he's going back yeah. to Northeastern. Yeah. They, uh, like they, they, and I, I think one of the things that they wanted with Craig Anderson, you know, Dylan, this is, this is to your point. I think it's a good one. You know, one of the reasons why they wanted Craig Anderson, a, he's still a very competent net minder, but two, really good around kids. Like, yeah. Really great yeah. around younger players. Like, honestly, yeah. that was yeah. a huge factor in who yep. they were yeah. bringing in here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, a guy like Kyle Ocposo is the same thing, you know, I mean, I mean, he's, he's. Obviously, his better days are behind him. He's not playing on the fourth line. He's also playing on the power play. But anyways, <laughs> but I think a guy like that, yeah. a Jeff Skinner, you know, I mean, you've got some guys in there that are pretty decent at, in that respect of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, just yeah. Buffalo, I just want Buffalo to be good. Oh, God, do. Oh, so do I. It's long, so much better. And, yeah. it's so, and it's so much better when Buffalo's good. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so much better. And, and, like, there's just been – I just feel like Buffalo – has sucked out too much of the oxygen for too long. Like there's been way too much drama around the Buffalo Sabres than there should be for a team that, that that's that bad. Yeah. So I, I want to see them get better. I, I just love it when Buffalo's good. I love it. I love I'm going to the games. I love going over the border. I love the atmosphere <laughs> at the rink. It's just it's yes. so much better when the yeah. Buffalo Sabres are a good team. Yeah. And for the first time in how long, I, I can finally say I think they're going to be okay. Like I think, yeah. I think yeah. they're going to be. Yeah. And who and who yeah. thought that after the Jack yeah. Eichel deal, right? Yeah, like yeah, and like sure, there've been some hail mary passes, but they've landed. Like man, I, I, did anyone here on this podcast think that Tage Thompson was going to be a first line center? No, and 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 at, at the Stanley Cup final in uh, in uh, 2019 after the after you know during the celebration and everything I'm with Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News and mm-hmm. and Doug Armstrong sees Mike's credential from the Buffalo News and he and he says without prompting he says I'm going to tell you right now this trade looks really bad for Buffalo yeah. but it, it's going to even out this kid is going to be really good you know this kid this kid's going to this kid's going to even out this trade and he's doing it now yeah. he's doing it Kids he looks great. Tuck looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see about, you know, Peyton Krebs. Um, yeah. That's that's still going to take a while. The interesting thing about Krebs, you know, it's, it's interesting. You go, you go back to, you know, the uh, the Vancouver draft where he was selected and you had the mm-hmm. uh, the Achilles injury that year in the Western Hockey League. He was, he was on Buffalo's do not draft list. Huh. <laughs> and you know and now the only reason was because of the injury so the way that that yeah, the, yeah, the, the way yeah. the do not just so your your listeners and viewers can understand it, the way the do yeah. not draft lists generally work is it's not we're not going to take them at all because if listen if peyton krebs is available in the third round like yeah yeah taking then, him. but just like yeah, yeah. in the area where we think he's going to go yeah, fi- yeah. find another find another player and a lot mm-hmm. of that was because of that injury so it wasn't like they didn't want it. they just didn't want him in that zone where he was going to get right 
get uh, get selected. But you know, in in true Buffalo fashion, I suppose in in some ways <laughs> he's gone from being on the do not draft list from the Sabers to being one of, if not the key piece. That goes back yeah. in the Jack Eichel. He was on the he was on the do not draft, but trade for three years later after our after for a franchise had an, another GM. <laughs> yeah, for a franchise center. Yeah, when that blows up. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right, Bobby Brink. I don't know. I don't know much about Bobby Brink, so don't ask I, me. But Jeff, Jeff. So okay. So the the first thing, high production. Um, yeah, we saw him play yeah. with the Philadelphia Flyers. Played in his first game. Uh, so the Philadelphia. I've, I've checked in on Philadelphia about Bobby Brink. So they see him as a middle six winger. Um, yep. with a lot of power play upside. He's a real good scorer, real good engine, works hard, all of it. The only thing is with Bobby Brink, and this matters less than ever before, yeah. the only player smaller than him on the Flyers mm. is Cam Atkinson. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's only size. But the interesting thing about you know uh, Bobby Brink is we know the Philadelphia Flyers are not going to go through a rebuild like they never like this is still the fumes of Ed Snyder. There will be no rebuild here uh, at all. We're coming right back at it. We're coming right well, back then, at next season, and you wonder where you know players. That well, you better might, sign Johnny Gaudreau then. You better sign Johnny Gaudreau. They might. Or that, Nas- that's or, what you know, better do. You know that's what, what you, you know better what, do. You know who I wonder about there, Ken Nazem Kadri. Ah, Nazem Kadri to me okay. looks and feels and plays like a Philadelphia Flyer type. Yeah, player. yeah. Okay, Skill, that's snarl, a good one. Yeah, little bit yeah, derby. Yeah. Like that's that's the one. Like I'm with you on on Goodrow, and that's how you the local boy goes home story. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I I yeah. wonder about Kadri there. That that's the guy yeah. that 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 I watch. Interesting season with Philadelphia. Interesting. Interesting. Another sidebar. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Okay. Uh, a lot of the Philadelphia Flyers Maddie. played like seven tough games in the seventies, and they're from then on the Broad Street Bullies. Oh, I don't know. They played a lot more they than seven. Well, a lot of tough Dylan, games. all right. So I'm being a little facetious here, but yeah. you know, my point being that in the last fifteen years, yeah, when was the Keith Primo years? That was two thousand three ish. Like that was the last time that they were a tough team. Yeah, and they yeah. still have that kind of, you know, well, you had that Legion resume. of Doom. You had yeah. I mean, they've got that. That aura, but it, it's a culture. It's it's yeah. part of their it's part of their DNA, right? Yeah. Their yeah. organizational DNA. So yeah. you guys and they're not that great, now. You guys want to hear a great Fred Shiro story? I love telling the story. I Can would love to hear. Have you, have you heard, have you heard the Fred Shiro bacon and egg story? No, no. <laughs> Let's hear it. So okay. this is. I love this. I love Fred Shiro. Right. Uh, oh yeah, he's like, awesome. Just a one, wonderful awesome. coach. Like one of the His only kids. Coach. Pretty good guy too. Uh, yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is when the Philadelphia Flyers like riding high and winning Stanley Cup. So it's the mid seventies and they're destroying teams and they're into Pittsburgh one night. And this is when Pittsburgh was a really bad squad and they lose, they go out the night before and they end up losing like six to one. Like the Penguins just like from stem to stern batter them. Right. And mm-hmm. Fred Shiro the next day at practice is one of those practices where it's just like not a single puck hits the ice. It's just down oh, and back, yeah. down and back, down and back, down and back, Ooh, down yeah. and back, down and back. And the guys come <laughs> off and they're all in the room and their tongues are all hanging out. And Fred comes in. So uh, it was pretty bad last night, gentlemen. And uh, I heard you guys coming off the ice and there was a lot of talk about, Oh, I made a contribution on my shift and Oh, I did something. I made a contribution here. And he walks over the chalkboard, <laughs> draws a plate <laughs> and he draws two eggs and three strips of bacon. <laughs> he goes, gentlemen, okay, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is what I had. It's for coming breakfast. to me now. Yeah. 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 This is what I had for breakfast. This tells me everything I expect out of you as a Philadelphia flyer. The guy's like, Fog's at it. I know where you're going today. with it. He said, made a contributions. 
on my breakfast plate this morning, the chicken made a contribution, <laughs> but the pig made a commitment. A commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did hear that story. Yes, I did hear that story. And that's and that's a great one. That is a great one. Oh man. There you go. All right. Pretty Cheryl Flyer story. We're off to Maddie Beneers, who so, uh is just is just all kinds of good. Just all kinds of good. Here. He's He's going to be the first line centerman right now, and that's the end of it. I wonder if Ron Francis drafted a version of himself or something he, he saw as himself. Two hundred yep. foot guy, skilled guy, can play both sides of the puck. Um, walks right in. Like I very much get the feeling that Seattle next year. I don't know if you can completely redo it or start over again, but that's kind of the way it feels. Yeah, heading into this, yeah. heading into next season, it's going to be Seattle saying. Let's try this again. Plus, we already have Maddie Beneers, right? And I, I, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 yeah. I and I wonder yeah. if that's going to be the vibe with uh, with the Seattle Kraken in the off season. But Beneers, I I just wonder if that's Ron Francis saying, "I see me." Let's take that guy because he does very much seem like a Ron Francis style player. Mm. Well, better for a GM like Ron Francis to draft guys where he sees himself than some GMs that. Uh, we're not quite as good as Ron Francis. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Won't say any names here. Um, so, so now we're on to Kent Johnson, and I good, think good guy, I think good guy in the good guy in the room. Yeah, they don't flood the room. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, yeah there was a, there was a, there was a, a GM that told me once. Yeah, those good guys in the room, they're great at, but they always insist on going on the ice too. <laughs> so that's that's a French. They always expression. insist on playing the games too. Si c'est bon la, dans la chambre, reste dans la chambre. If he's good in the room, stay, stay in the room. In the room. Stay in the room. Kent Johnson, um, Jeffy. Yep. Here's a guy, and this is one of the guys I was talking about with the signing early. I, I'm not I'm not 100% convinced that he wouldn't have benefited from another year at Michigan yeah. um, and then coming into this situation. Um, I, I don't know. I just... I, 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 this one seems a little rushed to me and I, I get it. The kid wanted to play and, and he was probably going to get, get into the lineup and they want to do the right thing with him. But I don't know. I, I think this one might be a little rushed. I wonder about, and listen, we'll see as early as tonight after, you know, Columbus plays Montreal hockey can you know, project out what yeah. his career is going to be like after, after one <laughs> yeah. game, but that's kind of what we do folks. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> Owen power is going to be in the hall of fame based on <laughs> last night. Yeah. He's the new Larry, yeah. Robin, new Larry Robinson, according to us, you know, the way we're talking about him. I think, I think uh, matter of fact, I think he invented oxygen as well, guys, if I'm not mistaken. I <laughs> Something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, here's what I, I mean, Ken Johnson look at like, we know this team is, you know, obviously, you know, trying to replace Peter Dubois for a while as their number one center. And, you know, Cole Sillinger looks real good. And I just look sort of mm -hmm. up the gut and projectile. Like, this is a rebuilding team. Make no mistake about it. Um, I just can't help but looking up the gut for the next 10 years for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it's Johnson and it's Sillinger. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that, mm -hmm. that's what I look at. Like, okay, like... You know, Kekalena and Davidson here are putting all the building blocks in place. And you can make the argument like, sure, Sillinger, you know, made this team. But you know, should he have perhaps spent one more year? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but they, yeah. They, they, yeah, they, want, yeah. they want these guys in there now. And they, yeah, Chinakoff's in there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This, this you're right. Is, this is this yep. is this is going to be the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets up the gut. And I think in their minds, that's what it's going to be. And now it's our job to fill in all around these guys. Um, listen, I think Ken, Ken Johnson. First of all, Johnson's had a, a really interesting season, hasn't he? Whether yeah. it's you know yeah. he's bounced around all over. Like you always, we just talked about Owen Power. I mean, how many different jerseys and different tournaments and teams is yeah. is he worn? Was it four? 
I think. Well, in the Mason, last Mason McTavish was eight. McTavish? Mason McTavish in the, in the, in the space the of a calendar year, <laughs> yeah. he played for eight teams. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he got in, he got in like four games with their AHL team in San Diego. Yeah. So he, he had eight teams at at the end of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Skill, skill, yeah. skill adapts. I, I and, just, and, I just and, think and Johnson thought, and say like that's that's a future up the gut for Columbus. Yeah, and and you know what? In the Olympics, I thought he was I thought he was really good, and I thought they they didn't. I, I didn't think he got used as well as he could have. I thought they kind of turned to him when it was like, oh, we really need you now. You know, so can you go out and get us a goal? Like, yeah, go do something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do something. Go do something. Yeah. Help us, you know? In like, case of, in case of um, emergency, break glass. Yeah, exactly. Emergency, break glass. Exactly. Guy. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, is he, what is he? What is he? Is he, is he Ryan Johansson? I hope not. I hope he's a, a little bit, his ceiling's a little bit higher than that or considerably higher than that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. Yep. No, nope. Consi- considerably higher than that. Certainly. He's a good. skilled guy. Okay. He's oh, a, yeah. He's a, he's, yeah. A high, he's a high skilled player. He'll play in this league yep. for a long time. Okay. All right. Nate Smith. Uh, Minnesota State, um, you know, brought over to the Arizona Coyotes uh, along with a contract, um, uh, along with Brian Little's deal. Um, yep. you know, I thought it was interesting right away. They put him with, uh, the veteran Andrew Ladd. I mean, nice, safe, smart. I think with Arizona, you're going to see, I think you're going to see a lot of players maybe get to the NHL earlier than expected. And maybe we can yeah. talk about this with, with Jack McBain as well. Like Arizona is going to have a hard time <laughs> signing players. And that's why, you know, that's why Bill Armstrong's out there, you know, making trades for players with term. Um, yeah, you know, and yeah. and the the college pitch for a lot of these players is no one's standing in front of you, like you don't have to yeah. beat out, like you're not going to have to beat out a lot of players for jobs here. Um, so I, I think you know that's uh, attractive to a lot of guys, only attractive to to Nate Smith. Um, and I, I just think that it's another not that we have to you know validate the hockey market of Florida, but guys from Tampa. You know, he's another player from what yep. us Canadians refer to as a non-traditional hockey market, which is now mm-hmm. becoming more and more a traditional hockey market than ever before. Yeah. So I think that's always a, a positive sign for the game. Yeah. I love non-traditional hockey markets. Like, I, I must be the only guy from Toronto that loves non-traditional hockey markets. When Nashville was in the Stanley Cup Finals, yep. I was watching that on TV going, how do I get myself down there right totally. now? Totally. Totally. Like, yeah. Country music and hockey are like my two things. So, like, you know, it's like somebody I think, made. I think as long as you're honest about who you are, you'll be a success. And the best two examples, Nashville is the one that you mentioned, and Vegas as well. Like yeah. we're cheesy, we're yeah. over the top, we're cringeworthy, and damn it, that's Vegas, and it's going right. to exactly, exactly. Yeah. Let's 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 just play to our identity. Trade it, play to our identity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. exactly. I'm just disappointed that they didn't have more sequins on the uh, on the uniforms <laughs> there. <laughs> Maybe but, some fringe coming off the sleeves, perhaps. right? Yeah, no, Nate, work. Nate like Smith that. and Jack McBain, though. I mean, those are really really shrewd pickups i think for the arizona coyotes um i yeah. i'm not sure why jack mcbain didn't want to play in minnesota i don't know why i mean it's not like he's got 15 great number one centermen ahead of him in that organization i, do, I don't know what it was with him and and minnesota but it just seems like you him and his family know, didn't want to go uh, there i i wonder how much you know the next three years of pain 
for Minnesota factor into a lot of these decisions. Like I'm with you. Like I look at, you know, up, up the middle. It's not as if, you know, they're like, he's looking at like, Oh geez, Iserman Federoff. Wow. How am I going to yeah, yeah, fit, yeah. fit in here? <laughs> geez, uh, I got to beat Erickson Eck. But oh you know, like, God. it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I, I yeah. think he, I, I think I, again, I'm, I'm assuming this. I just wonder how much of a factor, what the next three years and those buyouts of Suter and Parisi mm-hmm. and what that's done to their salary cap and what that's, you know, how that's going to squeeze players out here and what that's going to yeah. mean for this team. I just wonder how much that factors in. Um, uh, well, yeah, but then why would you, why would decision. you sign with their, why would you sign with Arizona then? Because there's going to be pain there too. There Big time be, pain. They are tanking. They're tanking. And, oh, and it's ab- a tank. Absolutely. It's an it, absolute utter no, no doubt tank. And I, I'm not, I, I'm convinced that they are looking at the 2023 draft and they are seeing one of Connor Bedard, yep. Adam Fantilli or Matt yep. Mitchkoff. Yep. And they can get one of those guys. If they're bad enough, they can get one of those guys yeah. and you're off to the races. I think the plan for them is to be good when the rink is built. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's like, yeah. that's, that, that, that's what they're trending towards. This which is the year, which un, is un, the year after, uh, Austin Matthews becomes a free, unrestricted free agent too. That's going to be the clip that we put on Twitter <laughs> yeah. is just Ken saying Austin yeah. Matthews going to. Yeah. So the, um, I'll share something funny with you guys. So when that trade <laughs> okay. happened, when the, when the, Mc, when the McBain deal happened, I had one manager text me and just say, was that a trade or a college transfer? Didn't he already say no to ASU? I'm like, okay, like, cue the jokes. He went into the portal. Everybody's got to have a, a whack at the beginning. I, I think it's kind of a step sideways, really. Is <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's about opportunity there, and the and the guys yeah. can yeah, get yeah. a chance. Yeah, he's gonna, oh, for sure. He's going to get a chance yeah. to play right away. And good on yeah. him. Like, he had a wonderful season with BC. And, mm-hmm. like, he, th- th- this was the year that he really popped. You mentioned guys that went to the Olympics, and, you know, he was certainly one of them. Um, and, you know, it was, it was interesting the way that really quietly, like, no one around Minnesota really said much all season long about Jack McBain. I think there was just yeah. an assumption that they were just yeah. going to get it done and it was going to be <laughs> simple. And yeah. it wasn't. And now he's a coyote. Yeah. 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 All right. And then the last one, going back to the good old Toronto Maple Leafs, Matthew Nyes. Boy, do they want him. Now, mm. Minnesota's going to be I wonder really why. good. Minnesota's yeah. going to be really good next year. Like, Gophers, like, uh, I don't know, is it is it official that Logan Cooley's going back? And that, that, sorry, that Logan Cooley's going to Minnesota? Uh, because that team, I think so. Yeah, is, yeah. That, that yeah. team's that team's loaded up, and I know that's it's certainly mm-hmm. a temptation uh, for Nyes. But the Maple Leafs want him in the lineup. They want him uh, in there and playing. Size wise, he already fits. Like he was. I had John Morosi on my radio show yesterday, and Morosi, who is plugged in to these college kids, like 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 few others. Um, you know, he brought up the point that you know the Maple Leafs got this guy in the second round, and if you already did a redraft, he would go top ten. Like sure. this is a wow. complete find yeah. for yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs and they're dying to get him in the program right now. It's going to take a pretty big uh, pitch and sell to get Nyes in there. I, I think everybody thinks that he's leaning towards going back to Minnesota for one more season. But, you know, he is like power forwards now don't look like power forwards from, you know, the 80s and 90s. Like this, we're not talking about Neely and Tockett and these Stevens and these types of guys. But he is what we all look at and say he's probably the modern power forward right now in the game. And the Maple Leafs are just and their fans should be just drooling on getting this guy in. Yeah. And I know and I know it's I know it's it's been typically with defensemen 
that they've taken that second year, like, you know, yeah. the Zach Wierenski's, the Quinn Hughes, yep. the Owen Powers, the, yep. you know, all of those guys, the Kale McCars, they've all held back when the team wanted them and taken that second year. But I, I see no downside to him going back for one more year at all. I, mm-hmm. I see no downside to it for him. Um, other than the fact that he won't be getting an NHL paycheck, but I mean, yeah, that's common when you're, when you're, yeah, when you're playing the long game, uh, yeah. I'm not sure it's, it's that big a deal, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can do it. Yeah. So, uh, final question before we get out of here, just okay. a fun little one, fix the shootout, fix the shoot. Oh, put a trailer. Yeah. And I, and I, I, and, I, and, I and I say that to piss off Elliot Friedman, but why not? If it's supposed to replicate a breakaway, how many clean breakaways do you have where nobody else is on the ice? Uh, I wrote that like in my note, my, my weekly notes, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like Glenn Murkowski was the one that told me that the ex scout for Detroit, he said, have a guy start at the other blue line and, and chase him. And you know what? Oh yeah. It's gimmicky. Guess what? The <laughs> you whole know, news flash. The whole thing is, is, is a the gimmick. Only, okay. I'll, 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 I'll take the side. Let me play devil's advocate on this one. The only concern on your own point, is, on your own point, you're going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to you're your own point. worst enemy. <laughs> Look, I told you I'm conflicted about a lot of things in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to have a lot of different feelings and a lot of them are, you know, in, not in concert, but are in, uh, you know, in contact with each other. Um, okay. The only thing that I think the NHL would worry about too, is that's a moment where there is a potential for injury. It gets yeah, significant right. when, two, when two guys are racing as fast as they can into a goaltender and a net and boards behind it. Like, I don't think yeah. anybody wants to say, well, how did your star player get injured? Oh, in the shootouts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, yeah, I agree. But, that. but that, I, that, that's the, but to that's me, to, to me that, yeah, to me that, to me that goes by the wayside when, <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah. they let guys throw their gloves off and punch each other in the face. Okay, but you can you know? replicate I mean, a chaser. You can replicate that. Make because, as we all know, there's only one way to chase somebody down on a it breakaway. No, no, no. <laughs> the guy's got to hold his stick like this, and then you put another stick out and in between his hands like that that he has a stick handle with between his hands the whole time. No, no, no. <laughs> that's replicating dumb. the hooking, the inevitable <laughs> hooking call. <laughs> Uh, oh wow! Although it, well, would, it would be, it would be, an, it would be interesting to see who you designate as the chaser. Like that's mm-hmm. really a fascinating. Exactly. How many successful chases? Yeah. And what if think? it? What if it goes like Paul Byron's career would see a huge uptick what? out of nowhere? What if it goes like eighteen Nick, rounds or Nick, one of those Nick Ehlers? Nick Ehlers would be like, <laughs> yeah. do you want him yeah. shooting or do you want him? Do you want to burn him out chasing? Yeah. I think, yeah. I, think yeah. it, I think it'd be like what if the, what it does is is it winks at this idea that I still firmly believe that. Hockey's a game that's perfectly suited for this because everybody has a different way that they want to massage or in their minds fix the game of hockey. Man, right. I would love it if there was a summer, I'm just make it for like a month, summer league where there all these different rules are experimented with. And you use yeah, pro yeah. players like yeah. a great way to put a couple of bucks in someone's pocket in the in the in the off season. So you want like pro players so it like you don't want the, the pros aren't gonna like the NHL guys aren't gonna play no, no. risk risk no. of injury. Yeah. But just yeah. to try these different rules out, whether it's rink configuration. Like, I think yeah. face-offs should be up the middle of the ice, and that's it. Why are we putting face-offs in the corner? Like, put, like, right. a dot in front of right. the net and then put it. Right. So, like, that's it. If you want to yeah, yeah. chances, yeah. put the face-off in front of the net. Like, just that would like be, that. yeah. Just, yeah just, you could call the R&D League. Yeah, you could call the R&D, the R&D, R&D League, Summer yeah. League. Yeah, and, like, no icing. You know, you can't ice the puck on a penalty. You still get called for icing. or You know, all these other things that seem to be pie in the sky. 
and then you you put them into practice. I think that's a great idea, Jeff. You know, Man, that's he, a really he, good idea. Here's the one that I've been banging on for for a while, and I was trying to get it into the GM's meetings, but I couldn't convince anyone to, to bring it up or put it on the agenda. Um, the, the 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 rule of change that I'm dying to get in is uh, one around shorthanded goals. And right now we seem to believe that there's a thing called the penalty kill, but there's not. There's no such thing as a penalty kill. All you do <laughs> is try to endure two minutes of a penalty. You don't kill it. Right. My right. idea is if you score a shorthanded goal, penalty's over. Ah. Actually killed the penalty. You actually killed the penalty. You've done something to yep. end that penalty. Your guy comes out of the box. Think about how Vegas would do this. You score a short, <laughs> lights go out, spotlight on the penalty box, the door opens. <laughs> he triumphantly, no skate of shame. He just comes out and waves <laughs> to the crowd. <laughs> I've been released. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we always think of like, how can you create momentum changes and shifts and swings? Yep. Man, yeah. how what what's that celebration when you score a goal and you just sprung that guy? That's interesting. That the is a that real penalty kill. Kill. Yeah. The one that pisses me off about penalties is is the fact that if you pull your goalie and then you score a goal, then the penalty is null and void. Or the power play, I should say, is null and void. I agree. Yeah, like you, should, you should be able to go for two and and see yeah. how much more motivated those guys are to put that puck in the net. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. On By that. the same token, you should you shouldn't the penalty shouldn't end after a power play goal either. But also, I've yeah. seen goals called back when they've pulled the goalie and then put the puck in their own net. Well, we all know get out of here. Yeah, well, we all you know that, the goalie. We all know that the biggest thing that we have to do to change hockey is to uh, make sure that there's a portal that sends people who bang on the glass no. straight, straight to hell. <laughs> Straight to hell. That like you just you just get sucked into hell as soon as you start doing that stuff. Yeah. Did that's that's that? the one. Did that's the, that? that's I, the biggest one. I, I put that on Twitter. I said my bad hockey take is that I couldn't care less if somebody bangs on the glass. You paid five thousand bucks for a ticket. Bang on the glass. Man. I paid two hundred. I, I paid two hundred fifty bucks for the NHL center ice package. I don't need to be sitting in my house <laughs> listening to some moron go whack 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 on the glass. I don't need it. <laughs> I'm with you on yeah. that one, Kenny. Death to glass bangers. No thanks. Yep. And you yep. Know where, straight you know where, to hell. Portal straight to hell. Phew. You know where it's really <laughs> bad at the minor slash youth level, the parents that mm. bang. The gee, that gee, that's surprising. Yeah. I know it's shocking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, there's, there's nothing more embarrassing than seeing a parent <laughs> bang on the glass. I was and at the. Uh, you're, if you're watching, listening right now, and you're that yeah. person banging on the glass, all three of us are saying, "Stop! You're <laughs> yeah. you want to go home and yeah. rethink your life right now." Yeah. I uh, I I was at the uh, the under eighteen uh, central championships in uh, at Scotiabank Pond on. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, last Mike, Sunday. Mike Johnson was there, and because his his buddy from Bowling Green was coaching the the young Nats, and, and he just he just kind of looks in an understated way, and he looks at me and he goes, "Can't you just feel the insanity in the rink?" <laughs> so there was. Let me, I'll, I'll, I was I'll, like, I'll, "Yeah." I'll, I'll I'll close with this story. I'm going to see if I have a. Puck. Okay. Oh, here we go. I don't have a puck next to me, but I have. Uh, some TV makeup, some Mac 30. So pretend this is a puck. I'll, I'll end you on this one <laughs> okay. about, about insanity. So okay. uh, Mickey Ion was a uh, was a referee in the era of Bill Chadwick, the big whistle. Bill Chadwick was the official that came up with, you know, the hand signals that we all know, tripping, yeah. hooking, slashing, yeah, yeah. all that. Big whistle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mickey, in the beginning of every game, would call the other discipline, three referee, uh, three uh, official uh, systems. So two linesmen called the center ice. And he'd always give the same speech. He would say this. He would hold up the puck and he would say, now remember gentlemen, the minute I drop this round black thing and it hits the ice, 
the three of us become the only sane people in this building. <laughs> Let's just remember, all it takes is me dropping yeah, this yeah, thing, yeah, and then yeah. we're the only people that have any type of sanity the minute that happens. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. I'll oh, tell man. you, I went true. to a nice a fight story. and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> that right. is a, that is a, I like that. That's a good, uh, that's a good, that's a good uh, yarn. And you've had many of them for us, Jeff. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for joining no us. We've taken up so much of your time. Uh, your prep time. Oh, yeah, you don't prep. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Secret. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but anyways, Jeff, can't thank you enough for uh, everything you've done for us today. Uh, just a fountain of knowledge and great, great stories, great information. And uh, all the best. I've I've had you fooled for years, Kenny Campbell. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing a hell of a job of it. So thanks. Thanks, Thanks, gentlemen. Thank Uh, you. Be well. Be safe. Uh, Enjoy the game. Right on. Thank you very much, Kenny. Thanks to you as well. Thanks, boys. Be well.